can't remember how it came up, but like eating butt came up and you were like, as it does. And you were like, oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, it's great. And I was like, wait, you, you do that? And you're like, oh yeah. And I was laughing and you're like, no, I'm, I do it. And I, and I was like, <laughs> dude, why? And you go, cause it's there. That's like Everest. Oh yes. Oh God. Yes. Welcome back to, is it still good? This is the show where we take off our rose-colored glasses. We put them in the attic. And even though it seems like someone might look there, no one ever looks there for them. So we, we, <laughs> we never find them again. And so it, it's with the eyes that remain that we're forced to look upon the things that we used to love in our youth. So no guests today, just the love between the two hosts. We're two grown-up film students who hate growing up. We're also getting hairier by the week. But by the well, looks of it, the, it's the it, the winter's coming. I mean, it, all, it makes sense. Yeah. Seasonally appropriate. Yes, I'm Bear Kennedy in Chicago, where it is uh, indeed winter. And joining me as always. Oh yeah, I'm sure it is. Andrew Carter, Los Angeles. Uh, it is technically winter, but it's you know 70 still degrees today. Um, I do have allergies. I've been having allergies a little bit worse lately, so I'm going to be blowing my nose. Forgive me. A handkerchief. It is a handkerchief. I'm I'm 63 years old now. How often are we washing the handkerchief? Oh, every couple of years. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> every week, every like? <laughs> every week at least, dude. It's yeah, I can't. And our puppy tries to get it all every because I I'll you know use it oh, and yeah. keep it on my nightstand and. Every day he tries to eat it. Every oh, single that, day. That's a fucking prize for a dog. That, that is. Oh my god. Oh, can't, that's pure pleasure if he gets his hands on that. Oh There's yeah. A lot Zoe of looked up some. There. Yeah, Zoe looked up something recently that was like when a dog either gets like a treat or something that they really really want. It's like a treasure to them, and they that's why they run away to have it to like another room or whatever, <laughs> because they don't want anyone taking it from them. And so Bill takes something that he shouldn't have every single day and runs like up and down our stairs and we have to change. It's good cardio for us, but I mean, he's, he's a fucking monster. Um, Guys, this, we are officially in the holiday season and for the month of December, we are doing Christmas movies, some well-known, some more obscure. Um, We're starting (laughs) well-known. Yeah, we're starting real, we're starting real well-known, at least among the horror community, I guess. Um, We are discussing uh, oh, and it should be stated that during each of these episodes, we will be having a holiday-themed cocktail um, while discussing the film. We are doing Black Christmas, the original 1974, now considered uh, cult horror classic. Um, and we are having what is called a Black Christmas. Um, yes. Now, the recipe called for a couple different types of liqueurs that I did not have. Did you have all of them? No, but I, I was, I think I mentioned to you maybe off air that I was trying to drink through a bunch of shit on my bar. So I right. was planning to go to the big liquor store, to the binnies here and get a bunch of new shit. So okay. I did that today and uh, I needed to pick up specifically the allspice liqueur. Right. And the Amaro. Of, right. Yeah, Amaro, I think. I don't, yeah, whatever that was. Right. Definitely didn't have it. Um, yeah. So th- those were new acquisitions. What about you? Oh, yeah. Um. Yeah, I had, I mean, we used bourbon instead of rye, which yeah. is not that, I mean, it's basically the same thing. Um, we did have the cherries. We had both types of bitters, which I was happy about. We had the orange yep. and the Angostura. I did as well. Um, and we, you know, put a little water in there. But instead of the allspice liqueur, we actually have um, some allspice 
just the spice. So we just did like a little dash of that um, just to see how it, I haven't tried it yet. I'm going to try oh, it on okay. air for the first time. I've already time. had one earlier tonight. Um, that oh, was wow, probably, that. probably a good move to, to do that instead of the allspice liqueur, which sent me back like $23. Uh, oh my god they had one option at binnie's the guy was like this is it because i (laughs) i'd ask about the is it a marrow or a marrow what what is it i think it's a marrow i i remember let let me look i i i'm pretty sure it's with an e i thought it was Um, with the name anyway i i I didn't have that so i had to No, wait a minute averna Averna? we were both wrong we were both wrong all right whatever that shit is i had to go buy it and i'd never was completely unfamiliar with the label so i had to like ask for help which i which, hate doing which as men we hate doing for hate whatever it. stupid reason and so i and i i asked the one guy I, I was like hey man do you i'm looking for this averna um you know do you can you help me and he was like what the fuck are you even talking about uh, i was like well I, I showed him the picture on my phone and he was like oh yeah it's right here and it was like the the one bottle was like 35 dollars and i Christ. i asked him i just said like oh you have like a like a mid-tier option for this yeah brand name or uh, like a like a generic name yeah and he fucking he he i i was trying to be a gentleman about it and he immediately like yells to a coworker, hey do we have this but cheaper and i was like cool that just out me in front of the whole store <laughs> we have this but cheaper this guy's broke yeah like can we i would have loved it if he said we have this but cheaper this guy's clearly having some financial issues he doesn't want to talk about him but you know that's what's yeah. happening and he, he's and then he, he looks back at you he's, he's like alcohol. i got you bro yeah. <laughs> like fuck <laughs> so so bought bought both of those um wow yeah, i appreciate I, the commitment i also love that your yeah. liquor store is called binnie's because um the local park in my hometown is called binnie park like literally my parents live directly up the hill from this park um and so i would love it if to like if you come and visit or something and then you were saying like oh, i'm gonna go get some booze down at binnie and then people are like oh god he's gonna go <laughs> yeah, drinking in the park there are kids <laughs> down there <laughs> Like a guy yeah. with a cooler, he, I buy it. From. Yeah, yeah. There's like a base. There are a couple of baseball diamonds there. Like, let <laughs> me yeah. go buy it. Go with Benny's. Where are you going? Out of the bridge. Yeah, the baseball I, diamonds. That I mean, as funny as that is, I have bought booze from random dudes in Golden Gate Park in San Francisco. Wow. Uh, there's, there's a couple guys for, out, who, for outside lands or just in general. No, I, well, I'm playing frisbee golf there. They have a course, and there's a couple of dudes oh, who will wow. come around and sell you like a two dollar uh, cold beer, which is that's just helping the local economy so not um, a bad thing no i i am what's the weirdest never... place you've ever bought um booze uh that that's probably up there i don't think i don't know that i bought booze anywhere that was so memorably strange um yeah like something like weed or or drugs are more they're more that, like yeah. you know susceptible to a weird story but booze unless you're like in high school like you know unless your life is like super bad i yeah well i remember i i had a fake id for a long time that was my cousin and his name was patrick and i was at a ralph's in orange and i was buying booze and i gave the id and it, it always worked it said i was five eight i'm five, i'm six three um but no one ever looked that far jesus um, christ but it was real so it, it it tended to work and the person who rung me out was like oh we have the same name and i almost said michael <laughs> It's like, I looked, I like saw the name tag. Like, oh yeah, we're both Pats. That's cool. Uh, I would so, have loved if you said Bear. Yeah, that would have been funny. That I could have gotten away. Great, with that, but real close. To That's great. Okay, so I'm gonna have a sip of this. 
this I'm gonna have another Christmas. One. All right, here we go. Cheers to you, to your health. Cheers, cheers to you. Cheers to the season. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually like it. It's kind of like a little bit of a stronger old-fashioned without the orange. Certainly. Um, or at least without um, as much orange as it as is in an old-fashioned. Uh, but it's nice. I, I would – I feel like the one thing that's missing for me personally is um, maybe a little bit more cherry taste. But other than that, I, I like it. it. I like it too. It's definitely got that holiday vibe. Mm-hmm. And uh, like the, the allspice kind of comes through. I think it runs the risk of being a little on the syrupy side uh, with those yes. cores in there. But I, I, I heard ice cubes in your glass. I've done the same thing and put it over ice. It does mellow out a little bit as it as the ice melts mm-hmm. and that that goes away a little bit so yeah i, I highly suggest you you throw a little little ice on that oh we got i got i got two big cubes in here last year for our, our wedding actually zoe and i got um like those plastic circular ice yep. cube like makers that you can fill oh, yeah. with water and they're uh they're terrific um That's good stuff. yeah it's good stuff um so anyway Black motherfucking Christmas. Um, yes. Were you at all familiar with this one? Yeah. When you were a kid or, I mean, maybe not like super young, but like, you know, high school, whatever it was. Like, when was your first awareness made to this movie? Uh, I've known about this movie for a long time. I just have never oh, watched wow. it till okay. yesterday. So I, I, I didn't watch it as a kid. I don't think it was ever, I don't remember it ever being on cable as a kid. Yeah, never. I I don't really remember it coming up except for in the context of kind of being a slasher movie before the 80s kind of breakout of slasher movies. I got it mixed up with another horror franchise, Silent Night, Deadly Night, because the yeah. changed title of this was Silent Night, Evil Night. So I thought maybe they were like, mm-hmm. they're yeah. yeah warner brothers changed the title for the u.s release and did you read why yeah because they didn't want it confused with a black exploitation movie and and black christmas is a wonderful black exploitation movie name excellent yeah it is uh, which is just, it's so ridiculous that they perfect. were like oh we don't want to confuse it it's like who cares it's a great title i, I would see it either way i would see yeah. it, if it was a movie called black christmas i knew nothing about it I'd be happy if it was this movie. I'd be happy yeah. if it was a black exploitation Christmas movie. That, those yeah. both sound like the a great The director Bob, yeah, the director Bob Clark actually came up with the title for it because he liked the irony of something really dark and sinister happening during a really festive time of year. I like it too. Um, yeah, I think the reasoning behind it works. Uh, the first time I heard about this movie, honestly, was because of the 2006 remake. I don't um, even remember that. I yeah, I, 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 only, I saw I, it. I'd never saw it, and I didn't. And they actually came out with a remake last year too. Blumhouse was behind it. Didn't remember. I didn't that at see. All. I haven't seen either of them. And and watching this original 1974 was the first time um, I saw any of them. And I remember coming out. I was a senior in high school, and it was around that time when I was starting to like discover that a lot of movies were remakes. And I, you know, it's like, so Black Christmas came out and I was, I remember thinking when I was in high school, like, oh, cool, you know, like an original idea. And then of course I read like a a remake of the 1974 film of the same name. And I was like, what? And then it's like, you know, that was the same fall that The Departed came out and was like a huge hit. And then you read like based on Infernal Affairs and you're like, what? And so like so many things, um, 
are remakes of things, which is just funny to, 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 to learn about. And it's kind of thinking about this movie. It was almost like my first introduction to like how prevalent remakes are um, in Hollywood. And, you know, now there's still so many remakes and a lot of them are like TV remakes too. They're like, you know, remaking old, like leave the weapon was a show and you know even there was a sh- there was a rush hour show which is just bizarre but anyway oh God. um i didn't see any of these original ones what was a big surprise to me about this was that it was uh it was even before halloween it was yeah four years before it yeah um and uh you know it's interesting because it's definitely a fun idea but the remakes at least the trailers that i remember seeing were really leaning into like the sorority aspect of it yeah. and there's a lot more going on in this one than just the sorority house oh plenty it's it that just yeah. happens to be their main set but uh, right i yeah i that i i just want to go back to you okay i don't remember like a moment where i realized remakes were prevalent you you remember like a time where it yeah, with you. it was That's that so fall. interesting because you know, and it's it's not like I didn't know what they were before then. You know, like I heard people talking about you know oh, it's a remake or whatever, but I think it was that fall because I was you know really into The Departed, and then I learned that was a remake of you know of a Hong Kong film, uh, and then when this came out, it was a remake, and then I feel like there was even something else you know there definitely was something else that year maybe i just don't remember it but like that's when i learned like oh wow they remake a lot of stuff and i think my biggest thing was like i have and i still actually have not seen infernal affairs and i hear it's great but that was my first time being like you know because i feel like for some reason the word remake at that time was just it had a negative connotation to me for whatever reason probably still does yeah but then it's like you learn that The Departed is a remake and you're like, that's a fucking great movie and it's a remake. And then I think I was, I learned like, oh wow, remakes can actually be good. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, And I think that was just the first time that, and not only could they be good, it was like The Departed is on another, another level of good. Granted, I haven't seen that movie in many, I mean, I'm sure I would still love it, but I haven't seen it in a long time. I've got to rewatch it, but we can do that for the show. We can definitely. We should. Yeah. It's it's about to turn 15 next year. Jesus Christ. Um, But that's when I first learned like, wow, remakes can be just as, you know, just as great as, you know, any fucking original masterpiece or something. That's interesting. Um, And so that really always stuck with me. And it's funny that I equate Black Christmas with it because (laughs) I never even saw it. I never even saw it. But I I also like, there are just certain times in your life when you remember uh, certain things um, for whatever reason, and I think I remember the you know that remake coming out because it was you know the fall of my senior year, and that's a very memorable time in your life. It's yeah. you know it's the end of an era, and you're applying to colleges, and you know it's just you know it, like it, a, a lot of random shit that you wouldn't normally remember sticks with you. And so this movie always stuck with me. There was this franchise, whatever you want to call it, but I just I never had gotten into it until recently. Um, or sorry, I never even thought to watch it until this podcast because i was like oh let's revisit that let's start at the beginning and see what happens i, I it has a very iconic poster and that's kind of why mm-hmm. i i knew about it i don't know why but it was fun to know the the theatrical poster and then have the knowledge of what's going on in that poster pay off in the film because uh, the poster is great it's got the the, the girl um, with the plastic over her head in the rocking chair, uh, dead as hell. 
And right. then, um, so you know that's going to happen. It happens. And then you see that on. image like multiple times throughout the movie. Yeah, yeah. So that was cool because I, I don't know. I I love movie posters because I'm an idiot and I, that's something I always pay attention to. But it, it was I heard cool a to... joke once from a stand-up comic that was like, "Men go from, you know, mini movie posters as kids to big movie posters as like college students." to framed movie posters as adults uh, that that is and literally accurate. right behind me is an austin <laughs> powers framed i guess you could call it framed art yeah but it's true i mean every piece Collection. of art that's like mine in this house is like a framed post framed film art or music art or something there's no like oh that's a that's a piece by monet or anything <laughs> like I'm, <laughs> I'm i'm not cultured enough for that you're, you're um, sitting on a Caravaggio. <laughs> no, but it's true. But anyway, back to that. You were saying the movie poster always stuck with you. Always stuck with me. I don't know why I never watched this movie. I don't know. I, I've seen a million horror films and just not this one. So right. it's always fun when I get an excuse to finally catch up on something that it's been well, on it's my a hybrid. I mean, it's a, it's a yeah. Christmas movie and a horror movie. It's like you can Absolutely. watch it October, November, and December. You know, even September if you want to get early. So it's like, it's one of those that, you know, that and, and ironically, like that almost makes it like a tougher sell yeah. because sometimes people can't decide like, when do you watch it? Do you watch it now or do you watch it this time? And like, and what is it more? Is it more of a Halloween movie or is it more of a Christmas movie? And, you know. This to me is a Christmas movie for sure. Uh, yeah, that's it, how it, it felt to me. I, Christmas doesn't happen in the film, which is interesting, but it, it is no. it, it's set peripherally. In the, it's there. Yep, absolutely. Plenty of imagery, yeah. lots of good times. I mean, it, also a Canadian movie. It was shot in Toronto. Canadian, um, lots of weird accents on display, which I enjoyed. Um, <laughs> yeah, that kind of the throughout. British, but also maybe a little Australian or. Yeah, when they know. have that weird super northern. <laughs> like sing-songy irish accent but it's canadian that's my favorite shit that is one of the most confusing yeah. accents uh quebecois is also super confusing but i didn't i didn't yeah on any of that in this one the irishy one is yeah that's interesting though did you ever hear this yeah. musical called come from away um uh, I, I hear of that musical every time i lean back while i jerk myself off good god you are crass but i get it um there is it's a great musical and it's based off of this um island in newfoundland gander and it was a place where on september 11th 2001 tons of planes were rerouted to land and so what was going on because they (laughs) (laughs) jesus god let's start what happened um no but like they all had to like re you know they were rerouted there for like a week or something and they made a musical about it, which is great. But like that's that accent that you're talking about is how they talk up there. Very interesting. Super yeah. weird. I love it. I never get tired of it. That, you know, thinking so much about Fargo lately where there's a little bit of that lilt in it too, in that yeah. hard upper Midwest, just great white North. Nordic almost. Yeah. There's love just it. something going on. But So I enjoyed that. I enjoyed the, uh, the, the, the establishing shots of the University of Toronto, which I've never fucking seen before. Yeah, neither have I. So that looked interesting. Um, but I, you know, for our first Christmas movie to do for this holiday series, I, I think we, I think this was a good, <laughs> a good pick actually. It's um, not on the standard rotation of children's fare 
right know, uh program between frosty the snowman and uh whatever the fuck uh the, the, right. all the claymation shit yeah and i just i just want to make clear like those might be more obvious choices but one thing that we do with this show is like not only do we revisit like the culture of our specific youth and stuff that we personally grew up with. We also just revisit the past because it's just inherently baked into the premise of the show. And that's what makes it fun is like, we get to go as far back as we want in a way. And it still has, it still holds up to the same standard of, is it still good? You know? And I think that's what makes it fun is like, yeah, we could have done those claymation or Frosty the Snowman or whatever, which, you know, who knows? Maybe we'll do that. We don't have that plan for this year. Maybe we'll do it next year. But, um, you know, that's why I was, I appreciated going to this one first to doing something that was, you know, obviously we didn't like, you know, oh, every year when I was starting at five years old, the family put on Black Christmas. Like that that never (laughs) happened. But um that being said, as, as glad as I was for this to be our first, um, I, I definitely had some, it was, it was, this was not an easy watch for me. Not because I was really? like scared or anything <laughs> like that. I just honestly felt like, cause it, it was funny reading about it afterwards. It was like, it got some pretty mixed reviews on its initial release. Oh, it got, it got fucked on its. It, yeah. It, and it, I, I'd say it's a hard negative at the time. See, I didn't see that it was that it, the reviews that I glanced at didn't seem like that negative, but nevertheless, it was not appreciated as it was not as appreciated as it is today. Um, and I think, you know, I try to form my own opinions without reading so much, but like the biggest thing for me was like, and maybe this is because of, you know, the way I watched it um, because of circumstances beyond my control, I had to watch it in pieces. Um, so it felt really long and that's probably <laughs> why 90 minutes, <laughs> it's 95 minutes or whatever. Um, but I also thought there was a lot going on that I just didn't really think needed to be there. Like there was, you know, um, the dad who comes to see, you know, his daughter trying to pick her up, Claire, the first victim and looking for her. And then all of a sudden there's a daughter who didn't come home and they're looking for her too. And then they're trying to trace the calls and they're like in this big Raiders of the Lost Ark style call hall or whatever the fuck that is. Um, And then there's the girl Jess who, you know, doesn't want to get or wants to get an abortion and her boyfriend doesn't want her to get it and all this. And it just felt like a lot for something that I feel like could have been a much more contained story. And that's why I think it's funny because this, you know, influenced Halloween. There's no question that Halloween is just, I, in my opinion, like objectively a far superior film. And part of that reason is that it's so contained and it's simple. And it's like, yeah, there's like, I guess you could say multiple locations in the movie, and Halloween, but it's like, it's in Haddonfield and it's one night and it's, you know, this is what's happening and it's going after like babysitters, you know? And I felt like with this one, it was like, I appreciated the slow burn and -hmm. I appreciated the less is more approach in terms of showing the graphic violence and stuff. I did appreciate that. There definitely is artistry to that, but I just kind of felt like there was a lot of plot strands that just took me out a little bit and I yeah. just didn't find exciting. And I was just getting aggravated um, because I just wanted like a simple, you know, look, I mean, 
I guess you could say like you know what I want and what the movie is. It's like who who fucking cares? That, that's you're, on you just, me. You just stole my criticism of your argument. Yes, right. It's like that's yeah, that's on me. Just just because a movie isn't what I want it to be doesn't mean it's bad. Um, and I'm not necessarily sitting here saying it's like it's bad, but I was just kind of like this is this feels really long and this feels a little unnecessarily so in terms of its length and. Um, I don't know. I just didn't find it that exciting. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. You, I've talked too much. We'll, we'll, we'll keep getting into it, but you go, you go. Like that's, that's my initial take, but we'll get into more of it. It's paced down. I mean, 90 minutes is a great length for any horror movie. It's a great length right. for any movie, frankly, but it, yeah. the pace of it is a little slow. The, a lot of this, what I find interesting about this movie is that it is, ahead of the trend of having slasher movies uh, specifically from halloween which was in the late 70s through to like the mid 90s basically through to new nightmare and scream and all that shit um so a lot of the established rules a lot of the established kind of pace and story structure that you expect out of a slasher uh, you don't have here because it's not it's not part of that world so it's actually right. kind of ahead of the cliches. So at one yeah. point towards the end, there is an actual conversation with a cop who literally tells the main character, the calls are coming from within the house. Yeah. yeah. But it, it isn't really played up as a horror moment. It's kind of funny because I forget that cop's name, but he's such a dumbass through the whole movie. He's basically... Yeah, he's John Saxon's um, like his like second guy. desk guys. sergeant or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that, I, that I, guy... I, and it's funny because it, there's even a moment in the movie when like they all they go to the house... And like even his introduction when they're like introducing him to the sorority girl. So, oh, this is Glenn or whatever his name is. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. So that, that stuff, that, that at the same time feels overly familiar in this movie, mm-hmm. but is, is outside of the accepted kind of paradigm of what slasher movies are. So, right. so like the first call we see as an audience, um, because there's, a, there's someone who's leaving these obscene phone calls at the sorority house and those phone calls are fucking awesome by the yeah, way yeah they're insane amazing I, the, uh, hilarious super <laughs> fucked up amazing just weird swearing love it um yeah. but the one that we see first is not the first one like this has already been happening to the house yeah they already yeah. know about it so like margo kidder's getting mad and drunk and and, and super smoking hot just yeah, ridiculously she, yeah. good looking yeah wow. also if you take the murder out of this movie, I would trade lives with these people in a fucking instant. I, I, it looks like a blast. Like, 70s sorority house, Canada. Great time. Yeah, but the um, dead of winter. I guess you live in Chicago. Yeah, you don't mind the winter. I, Wear I a coat, you puss. Oh, oh, I hate it problem. so much, dude. I don't miss it at all. No, no. Send, send me to sorority school with, with Mario Kidder in, in the dead of winter. I'm set. But that, the... <laughs> some of the aspects of this movie you're right there's a lot of weird plot going on interesting dynamics a lot of it's very funny and enjoyable and that i think was what kept my interest throughout i agree this was not this was a long 90 minutes it was a little slow in parts there you go i i I love a slow movie so it's not really a complaint for me um i kind of don't have a problem with it but if you're expecting a slasher movie um if this isn't going to be what you think it is beyond some moments that kind of stick out that's this is this is not really a slasher movie it's not really a christmas movie either but this 
um, and uh, Peeping Tom are like the two examples of kind of the genesis of what became Freddy, Jason, Michael Myers, all that shit. Right. Uh, and and yeah. a lot of the stuff that is good about Halloween, even like putting the camera as the killer's perspective uh, is borrowed straight out of this movie, which is borrowed straight out of the first scene in Peeping Tom. Um, so that's not like a new invention yeah. in Halloween. It's just that John Carpenter used it really well. And at the end of right. that first sequence, you see that it's a child, which is... But like, that's... Okay, so like, there, there's a great example. Like, I guess you one could argue like, well, Black Christmas came first, but like, Carpenter did it so much better in Halloween. Because yeah. there's right. even that peeping... There's that peeping Tom sequence in this of the, in the beginning, but the way it's cut and like... And, and the way that they, you know, they don't... Look, obviously, I don't want to insult a director's vision. Maybe they had a different idea, but like, look, they, I, I felt like they could have committed a little bit more to that than they did. And what I let, what I appreciate, and what I think a lot of people appreciate about Carpenter's vision for the first Halloween is he really did commit to that moment. That yeah. whole thing is just through those eyes of young Michael Myers, and it's a non-breaking shot. I mean, even if the shot breaks, it's like it's still through his eyes. And I just really appreciate that point of view. And for this, I just feel like that's part of my problem with this movie is that not only does it feel like it doesn't necessarily have a point of view, it feels like it has a lot of different ones. And that's goes back to my argument about the plot strands. It just feels like there's a little bit too much going on to the point where the filmmakers, I think could have streamlined it a little better. Like I really don't think, and also the, the, I just don't give a fuck about Claire's dad. Like I just didn't care about him. I do. I, I felt bad for him. You know, he's there to get but his he's daughter. So, but he's so fucking like stone faced the whole time. I just like unless he's the killer, which he wasn't, I was just like, why is this guy so like just dead? You know? Well, just I don't know, man. I, I thought he was fine. The the thing that's a little weird is that him and her boyfriend. Uh, are both doing the same thing. They're both looking for her and she's missing. That's a great so point you, too. You doubled yeah. down on a, on a character that you, you you really only need one of. Yeah, and that's true. I, I think, and I think the boyfriend's actually a little bit more effective. He than is, the father. yeah. And if you read the uh, history and by history I mean the Wikipedia, you know that they they tried hmm. to make Bob Clark shoot a scene at the end, revealing that Chris yes. was yeah, the killer. Yeah, they did. And but I, I actually appreciated the ambiguity of the end. I, I did, did like that. And, and the I phone ringing over the end credits, I liked that a lot. The, the end is wonderful. The end is absolutely awesome. I love the end. Um, but I think what's bothering you, I think you just articulated why it's in there. You've got an, an ambiguous killer who you never really get to see. You don't know anything about his motivations. Yeah, I mean, like, we're uh, led to believe that it's Peter. You're led but... to believe that it, that is Peter. You're, you're led to, and, and you have threads of who else it could be. So there is a mystery right. at the center of this movie that you think is going to be solved that is ultimately unsolved. Um, right. One of the reviews, I, th I think it might've even been Gene Siskel, it was someone I recognized said like, uh, this is a, a, a murder mystery that'll leave you wondering why it was even made. Um, and I disagree. <laughs> yeah, he hated I, that, he hated it, yeah. But I see why he went there because he probably wanted some kind of satisfaction out of the end for the motivation of who the killer was. And I think the, the ultimate kind of creep out that they're going for here is that you've got an unknowable crazy guy who clearly right. is operating on his own logic mm -hmm. and he's taking advantage of people and n n no one can really figure it out whether they're doing it, whether they're doing things smartly or dumbly. And I'd say not looking in the attic is 
a ridiculous oversight by the police here. Yeah, it's absurd. Um, the house mother and Claire are still, they're up there the whole fucking movie. They're, they're still up there. Also, that house know. mother, dude, what is going on with her? She was maybe the best character. She yeah, loved she was amazing. Drinking. Oh, yeah, yeah. She loved drinking. But loved you know what's it. funny, man? It's like, okay, so, so it's what you just said, right? It's like, I'm actually all for not having a reason like that's why i think like the original halloween and the the latest one from 2018 are the two best because they don't give a fuck about the mythology or what it is it's like that's what makes michael myers so scary he's the ultimate boogeyman it doesn't matter why he's doing it he's just doing it the randomness is what's scary the feeling of holy shit this is so random it could happen to me that's what's scary and i appreciated that about this movie again my biggest issue is you know the the plot strands and the lack of point of view and focus. It's like that, that to me, I feel like when, you know, and again, I do have to give this film credit for maybe not necessarily like inventing the slasher genre of horror, but it definitely put a nice big stamp on it. Yeah. Kickstarted and it. Um, definitely sure. kickstarted it in terms of like a trend. And that's pretty cool. And again, I also appreciate the ambition of the fact that it's also taking a place during Christmas. That might be the main reason why if this is, I mean, I don't really anticipate this being in my rotation for the holidays, but if I'm ever like with a group of people, oh, let's watch this. I don't know if I would be like, ah, if they all want to, I wouldn't be like, oh no, forget it. That's the main reason why is because of the Christmas festive element. I just thought that was unique and cool to see. I like that. Um, I like that, but I like yeah. that there's more. I, I feel like there's more. And they never draw attention to it. They're never like, but it's Christmas. You know, it's yeah, just like. Actually, you're right. And not having a character say that at the screen is almost surprising because it's like, this is yeah. clearly a B movie. Someone's going to. Yeah, like, I know. Either but say I, the title of the film or do that where you're like, but it's Christmas. Yeah, but I appreciate. I, I mean, that would have been funny, but I appreciate that it wasn't there because there's a sincerity to that. And I think a lot of 70s horror films have that not only sincerity but that weirdness like have you ever seen the original stepford wives no oh it's so good and it's so fucking weird and it's it really commits to that weirdness yeah and you know a lot of like long lens shots and those zooms same thing in this movie you know it has a as a similar aesthetic and it's not a slasher film it's a psychological thing and it's and it's really cool um but again it's like there's a very specific um, feeling that 70s horror brings. And I did get vibes of that, which I appreciated. Yeah. But yeah, I didn't, you know, I wasn't sitting here being like, this movie fucking sucks. Fuck you. I hate it, whatever. But I definitely was not enjoying it while I was watching it. I have almost I would, appreciate it more now discussing it with you than I, like, it, it, than I was in the moment. That's that's fair. I, I enjoyed it. There were moments where my attention wandered. You are extremely correct in that uh, there's no reason to show how a phone call is traced in the 70s for a yeah. lot of the runs. Who the like, fuck? It, <laughs> that was like a good like 10 to 15 minutes. Like, Jesus I don't know if it was Christ. that much, but there was really and it's too like, much of it. They have that moment where like, here's what we're going to do. Yeah. And then they try to do it once and it doesn't work. And it's like, God damn it. Like, then, and that was so annoying that, because then you know it's going to, they're doing going to do it again. My, my favorite shit was when he's telling her, John Saxon is, is telling, um, what's her name? Olivia Hussey or whatever, the main yeah. character. Um, like, you got to keep him on the phone longer so we can trace it. 
like the first time she answers the phone, ju- just doesn't say anything, yeah. and eventually hangs up. And he calls her and tells her, "Like you got to keep her on. You got to keep him on much longer." I was like, she didn't fucking say anything. And then the next time, she also doesn't do anything. She just I know picks up the phone and never ever talks. That's to what I'm talking about. There's like, a lot of like repeated beats and repeated it's, characters. So it's that's like so dumb. It's so funny to me. Though. I know. I just love that I, he's like. Do your best to keep her, keep them on. And she's yeah. like, okay, got it. I'm sh- like, I'm sure that. this would be a, f- right. Like, I'm sure this would be a fun theatrical experience in some ways. Like, I'm oh, sure Margot Kidder, Margot Kidder drunk gets laughs and, and. She's and, great you know, drunk. Mrs. There's a great Mack, fellatio the, the joke mother. too. Oh, yeah, there yeah. is a good fellatio joke. Yeah. Great, great um, running gag on fellatio. Yeah. And that was like a, that, like when that joke came back to the cops and that cop just starts laughing. That's like another, that's like an additional like five minutes to that scene. That they're oh, yeah. talking about yeah. it. Yeah, they're just they they say the word fellatio a ton, which is funny. Yeah, I, it's, I just, it's I love very, that. So, it, it's funny. There's enjoyable moments like that. The this right. the, the guy who has to dress up as Santa Claus, um, you know, he's oh, yeah. what calls the a girl a bitch. That? It's so funny. Yeah, like there's a lot of he's really like, Fuck this. Yeah, there's it's like the original great... Bad Santa. Bad oh, Santa, yeah. bro. That movie is fantastic. <laughs> there's no way that movie's good. You, are there's, you kidding? You've never seen Bad no, Santa? Oh, I've seen it. There's just no way. There's no way me now thinks that Bad Santa is funny. There's no way. There's I'm no shocked to hear you say that. I I would almost put money on the opposite. Like I I almost guarantee you would still laugh at that movie. There, there's no way I'm laughing at at what is that? 2003. Billy Bob Santa? Thornton, dude. There's yeah, pro- there's probably some stuff that didn't age well, but man, dude, there's some classic lines in it. I mean, one of the he says multiple times in the movie, drunk, hungover, that like he if, if he doesn't have to work or whatever, he says, "Thank the fuck Christ." Every time I hear that line, I think of you. I feel like you love <laughs> it. Like I'm not even right. just saying that. Add it, add it to our ongoing list of of programming to we might need to have an emergency episode if we both stumble like, <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm serious yeah. man like i'm shocked to hear you i automatically I, like almost knock it down i, I, I remember really laughing at it, it but i feel like i was like 13 or some shit like there's no i watched it like three years ago and laughed really hard <laughs> i mean it's it's I, dark I but there's a sweetness that. to it and uh and he's great I mean, like, dude, I think he was nominated for a Golden Globe. Like, that that's a great performance you, by him. I think you are right about that. I think he... Dude, really There's almost no way it was an Oscar, terrific. but I'm pretty sure he was... That was one of the things that Zoe and I early, like, like bonded on early. You bonded just over like, Bad Santa? No, over Billy Bob Thornton. Oh. How we were both like, oh, he's so good. Like, we both love Billy Bob Thornton. I was like... And I just remember being like, holy shit, you like Billy Bob? This is great. Like... You know, like, I, I don't know. There's, there are certain, tell me if you agree with this. I feel like there are certain actors and certain films where when people like it, you're almost like, yeah, all right. I trust you. Yeah, I trust well, your yeah. taste. Uh, yes. And Billy Bob is one of those for me. Cause I, I feel like even though he's very famous and popular and people like him, I feel like somehow he doesn't get quite as talked about as much as, you know, people like Leo and, christian bale and stuff like that who are also I, i'm great. gonna i'm gonna say that lumping leo and christian bale in with billy bob thornton that is the take of an insane man that is a crazy man's take he's so Those, good that is i i'm not debating that he's good but that is not the company of billy bob thornton that is a, a massive generational divide between well let me tell you something have you seen I, sling fucking blade i of course that's his best probably his best role yeah 
I mean, I'm like, look, I know that Christian Bale has done many Sling Blade-esque stuff, like with, you know, Dick Cheney and Vice or Dick Eklund in The Fighter. I mean, look, Christian Bale does those all the time. And I guess you could say Leo too with a lot of stuff, but like just all the, I, for me at least, all you need is one of those. And just I'm just one, like, holy shit. And also, dude, that was Billy Bob's in. like breakout thing and he wrote it and directed it. And yeah, it was based no, on his true. play. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty impressive. And how he just, he just came up with that character just staring in the mirror. No, I don't. <laughs> yeah, that's fucking weird. That's amazing. I don't, I don't have a problem with Billy Bob Thornton. I have a problem Dude, with you. Justice being like, for Billy Bob, man. He's, I, that, he's, I'm starting he's a that sex hashtag. icon like Leo. <laughs> Fuck it. Hey, man, a lot of women <laughs> think Bale. he's attractive. Zoe, do you find Billy Bob Thornton attractive? She says, no, nah, I don't know. <laughs> Damn it. I wish you had I mean, said he, yes, because then I would have been like, see? He's, 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 he's of an older generation. Yeah. I'm not, yeah. I'm not saying he's bad but it's just a weird god he's got a lot of unbridled passion here apparently he is a really nice guy to his fans and nice to work with like dude he won a golden globe a couple years ago for for his show goliath on amazon and he you know thanked some people in his speech and one of the people he thanked was a pa who had passed away and i just think that's so cool that he thanked a fucking production assistant nobody ever does that that's true and I just thought that was really cool. And like, he was like, you know, he, and he not only was just like, thanks to this guy, he was just like, he like said something. He, I remember he was like, he was one of those guys that knew what he was doing. I loved him and all that. And I was like, that's really fucking cool that he took the time and remembered that kid, whoever it was. I mean, you know, very sad that he passed away, but I, I don't know. I just always really liked that. And I don't, know, I, don't I do not share the passion for, for William. I'm, su- I'm such a fan, man. I'm so, I'm such a fan. All right. Well, yeah, I, I get it. I, 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 everybody has their like, you know, their things and their their stuff. I, I'm just saying that, like, you know, there are certain. But also, you could do the flip side of like when someone says they don't like something, you're like, what the hell is the matter with you? Oh, so, well, that's most of my life is doing that to people. Yeah, I think a lot of people feel that way. But I, uh, that's that's you with me and Coldplay. Like, well, the fact that I like Coldplay, you're like, how am I even friends with you? And I, I would, uh, I'll I have just, you know they just got nominated for album of the year at the Grammys. Oh, so that, that that means it must that. be good. That's got to be good music. That means it is good. Um, unsurprisingly, uh, my that just caused uh, a brain fart for you. You're like, I well, I it. was gonna, I was talking about Cold. Someone, I must have been Jaggy was talking about Coldplay, and I was like, yeah, nothing was funnier than doing parachutes by Coldplay and having both people who allegedly like Coldplay be like oh yeah this album isn't as good I'm like oh good I'm glad I fucking listened to it three times uh just to be told oh yeah this oh, is the one still, that we don't it's like. still good but it's not, oh, for me it's God, not no. as it's not as good as their some of their other stuff but it's, oh. I think dude Taylor and I both said it was still good yeah but after after lots but what, of yeah. Lots right. of talking about every other recording. Yeah, it wasn't done. like glowing. Right, right. That's fair. That's fair. Um, but yeah, I mean, Black Christmas for me, um, I'm going to give it a no. It just oh, didn't. Clearly. Yeah, it just, you know. Where where did you watch it? Did you watch it on YouTube? I did, yeah. I did as well. I, I As much as I enjoyed the camera work, especially in the beginning, and definitely on that close-up of the eyeball, which is really good. That was good. Um, I agree. That was a good shot. This was shot by a guy named Reginald H. Morris, who also shot a bunch of other Bob Clark shit, including A Christmas Story. 
Yeah. And both we got to talk about Bob Clark before we wrap up. Yeah. I felt like I granted it was on YouTube, but this movie looked like it was a product of Khalil's father's production company. This thing looked <laughs> oh, like no. shit. Uh, I don't know if it you noticed that good. too, yeah. but it it looked don't insult. I mean, Moscati. Well, that, that he... man that that man is <laughs> that man is a revolutionary for what he did with those videotapes. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. But this this movie looks like hell, and it, it is. Murky. It doesn't look good. I agree. It, it, the 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 grain of whatever film they used is is way way too much, and yeah. it's super high contrast. And if you if you watch a Christmas story every year like I do. Um, a Christmas story looks very similar. It's got, it's not it poorly does. lit. It just looks like it was shot by like, like, uh, like if Gordon Willis was just really stoned and didn't care and just made <laughs> everything like way too dark. That's what this looks like. Yeah. And I yeah. don't, I, I, part of me likes it because I'm nostalgic for that look because movies don't look that way anymore. Right. But I, but watching like it- with, with so many interiors too, it really yeah. looks murky. And what, not only murky and watching it right now, it almost like, obviously it's a movie from the seventies. So that's what it is. But like, if a movie today looked like that, you would just be like, you're just trying to look like something from the seventies. It'd be interesting if someone did that. Cause I don't think I've ever seen anyone attempt to get that kind of specific grainy look. You know what I will say? I don't know how you'd get it digitally. I don't know how you do that either. But one movie that I, that's not old, I guess five years old, um, that, did have a 70s feel to it also took place in the 70s so maybe that was it but i remember it looked really good and i'm pretty sure it was shot on film was black mass johnny uh, depp's I, whitey bulger movie yeah i i watched like the last 25 percent of that movie on hbo or something uh i gotta i, I gotta say i feel up. like that movie is a little underrated i really liked it when i saw it and i've seen it a few times since and i've always yeah. enjoyed it it's That's it's interesting it's pretty like I, I wouldn't say it's like you know i don't wouldn't say it's up there with the departed or the town or other like boston set crime thrillers but i mean i liked it more than gone baby gone and i know a lot of people love gone baby gone i'm i'm one of those um i liked gone baby sure. gone i i did but i definitely i don't know i, I like I, I just i thought johnny Depp's performance was so committed and joel edgerton holy shit i mean everybody in the movie is great but yeah i just thought they did a really good job of like a 70s boston crime th- thriller that felt like a 70s movie I thought Johnny Depp, like, you know, obviously he's persona non grata now. Um, and <laughs> rightly so, because it sounds like he's a, you know, a real piece of shit. But yeah, I didn't see um, that when I, you know, I, it's easy to do a 70s movie it, so. and nail the costumes. And the, and the costumes in Black Christmas are fucking awesome. Just, just the oh, delightful yeah. assortment of sweaters. Cure Delea, yeah. by the way, um, who I don't even know if I know him outside of 2001. Plays, no, I didn't. I didn't know. I mean, like the fact that I, when I saw that he was in this, I almost, the, my initial thought was like, holy shit, that guy's in other oh, movies. I, I saw like, him and John Saxon in the cast list. And I was like, let's fucking go. This is going to be great. Um, see, I didn't even recognize Kier's name as being from 2001 until I read about it after. But John Saxon, I'm, I love John Saxon. Kier DeLay's job in this movie is to wear incredible turtlenecks and look way too fucking old to be in college. Him, yeah, I looked it up. Like him, and, him and John Saxon are the same age uh, in real life. Get so they, the they fuck are, out they, of here. Yeah, they, they're both Is Keir still alive? Because John Saxon died this year. Uh, he did die. Keir, R.I.P. Oh, I should know this. I think, uh, let me confirm real quick. I thought he was still around. Uh, but he may, he may have taken that last trip for the stars. Let's see. 
What did you say last week about what's your other statement? He may have uh, last, last train for the coast. Last train for the coast. That's it. Yeah. Uh, Kirtley is still alive. He's 84. He's a divorce aficionado. Uh, he went to Rutgers. Divorce he's, aficionado. What he's, what does that mean? He's been married a bunch of times. He's, he's on his fourth. Uh, <laughs> so hey, you know who's on his? I think maybe sixth. Billy Bob. No, really, just ripping through it. Just ripping through it. Yeah. Good for him. Uh, yeah, yeah. Kier's still around. He he was born in Cleveland, so he's now my favorite actor. There you um, go. So Bob, he, we got to talk about Bob Clark. Bob Clark's an um, interesting dude. I, I mostly know him because of Porky's and A Christmas Story. He I was going to say, what, too. what an eclectic career. This and another horror movie before this. The, uh, Porky's. Oh, Christ. What? Yeah, what's his – let me look it up. Fucking look it up. I know. I just, I just had it, too. Um, he, he's a weird director. I, I don't know why he continued to Oh, I guess it was after Murder by Decree. That's – it was, it was yeah. something like um, that. Porky's and then, yeah, Christmas Story. But then – I saw this in theaters when I was 10, Baby Geniuses. I, I saw that on his IMDb and that made yeah. me sick. And that, the sequel. Oh. And dude, he had a really upsetting death. He died in a, a car accident, head-on collision on the PCH out here in Pacific Palisades. Was that was it right after someone gave him the call to direct Baby Geniuses 3? <laughs> God, the, no. The it was 2007. And, it, and no, it's, it's, sad. it's sad. I'm pretty sure his son was in the car too. And they both they both died they both they both went to heaven together yeah fucking a man that's sad but anyway that's a bummer but yeah the guy's yeah, got a weird a career i don't know how i feel about his work other than i wish he would have stopped oh, collaborating with old, 22 old yeah his son was 22 that's horrible and the guy that's... who killed him had a fucking blood alcohol level three times the legal limit fucking wow yeah that and is... was driving without a license jesus that's hitting for the that's cycle that's bad. awful that's awful. His God, son being so 22 funny. is interesting, though, because that means uh, old, so old, Bob, old Robert Clark was was leaving it in late into life there. Yeah, he was. Good yeah. for him. But, you know, what's so interesting, too, about that is, like, Bob Clark, household name, by, by <laughs> film guys like us, you know, we know who that is, but sure. by most people, no. But, like, I mean, all – people but but i guarantee you everyone knows a christmas story well you have to if you're a know what i mean age. it's like so maybe you don't know the the name of the guy who made it but you know the movie and like in in this life it's fucking hard enough as it is and especially you know if you're trying to like make a mark and like you know he he left a mark bob clark left a mark <laughs> <laughs> don't be don't give me any snark um listen it's getting dark uh, but <laughs> that's why we have to record earlier in the evening <laughs> oh yeah but no i mean i and i i appreciate that about his you know his career is like i mean like look you know i think a lot of different things what, what i'm what i think we're learning especially with this show too and the stuff that we discuss is that like there is no set definition of what a good filmmaker is it's a lot of different things go into it and he made he he made good stuff. I mean, like you know, he made some stuff that is very memorable. I've actually never seen Porky's, and I know it's like a lot of people love we, it. We, we could do that for the show. I, I I I'd be curious. Strongly to watch it. Yeah. suspect that it super doesn't hold up. Porky's was a movie that was on. I've heard uh, it. There are some very problematic things that didn't age oh, well. <laughs> super, uh, but Porky's along with like CB4, Lover Boy yeah um uh, to an extent half-baked those were like 
yeah. heavy, heavy rotation on Comedy Central on like weekday afternoons in the nineties. Oh yeah. Uh, so definitely. you would have you would have seen that. Weekday afternoons in the nineties. You were in elementary school. Did you get kicked out of school a lot and come home and watch those? No, movies? you get that at school at like two, man. You go That's home, true, you're right, you actually. Watch, watch, but you could watch TV. See, I couldn't watch TV during the week, let alone after school. I, I strongly suspect that is what was a well earned uh, rule for some reason. I remember one time I took a cartoon class after school, like a drawing class, and I wanted to draw Hey Arnold. <clears throat> uh, that was so like draw hey, football. You know, like yeah, it was like my teacher was like, I, it was like it was like technically an assignment, but it was like you know what do you want to draw? And I was like I want to draw Hey Arnold. And I remember there was a new episode. It was a Tuesday night in like '96 or something, and there was a new episode on that night. And I remember I like like lied to my mom was like my teacher said i have to watch it like i have to watch it because it's my assignment i have to watch it so like i wasn't lying about the assignment but i was lying about that and my mom was like okay and i remember being like holy shit i got away with it this is incredible and i remember like being so excited i was like can sarah watch too can my sister watch too and she was like okay i guess and i remember like turning on the show and it was the haunted train that was the episode and i just remember watching it being like because my sister wasn't coming out yet i guess she wasn't watching it but i was i guess i was trying to get her to watch it with me so i would like feel less guilty about lying yeah you thought you would you would spontaneously give up the lie if you you didn't have like a collaborator so like if i ever got in trouble i'd be like well sarah watched it too and so it comes on and i just remember going the haunted train it's a halloween one sarah like trying to like entice her to come and watch it did it work? Yeah, uh, you know, never got caught. I I don't even remember if she came and watched it, but I just remember never getting caught. Wow. And I remember like, I think I even told my mom like I have to draw while I watch, and like I totally didn't at all. And luckily she yeah. like, didn't notice. Um, so if yeah. you if you if you grew up Catholic instead of the you know, the wasp that you are, if you, if you grew up you know oh, yeah. worshiping the uh, king of italy like all of us catholic people you make it about a week on that lie before you uh get guilty and have to have to confess you can't can't be carrying that around that's that's the difference between uh, would you lie and then confess or would you just not lie oh i you you, i would lie and then feel terrible about it and then confess it wasn't until later in life wow good for you realize i don't have to deal with i didn't lie much i lied like i remember i lied about i remember 96 was kind of a not big a year big for year lies. For lies. <laughs> not, nothing that's, that's amazing. Not necessarily, but I just remember for whatever reason, I remember lying about that in 96. And then I remember lying about brushing my teeth in 96. Like I came down one Saturday morning and I think my mom was like, I, I was getting ready to go to like soccer practice or something, or maybe we were going out to breakfast. I don't know. And I just like, didn't want to do it. I didn't want to brush my teeth or I just wanted to go. And my mom was like, all right, let me see. Like, did you brush your teeth? And I just, and I didn't say yes or no. I just went like that and showed her my teeth. And she goes, Ooh, pure whiteies. And I was like, oh, Holy shit. Close. Cause there's like, no oh, way man. your breath didn't smell like complete. Oh, shit. I, I was so terrified. She was going to ask me. Um, and I was so glad um, because I was like, Again, after that, it was the same feeling. Like, oh my god, I got away with it. If my mom hears this episode, she's gonna be like, "Oh, you little shit!" Oh, you're gonna get fucking grounded at thirty-two. I'm gonna get, fuck, I'm gonna get grounded right now, a thirty-two-year-old yeah. man. Um, but yeah, Black Christmas for me, no, not. Still I like good. it. 
I like it. I think it's good. It's fun. It's a lot of fun. It's more fun than you made it seem. Uh, I I think throw this directly in your rotation. Um, Yeah, it's a little familiar. It's a little dated. I'd be curious to see it with a crowd because I know earlier in the conversation I said I think it'd be a fun theatrical experience, but now I'm starting to second guess that. I want because it's so fucking slow. I wonder if it really would be, but it's slow. But when when it's slow, the the little moments become elevated. So all all the little jokes become better. I will say the editing in Margot Kidder's death scene is awesome. It, it's the, good throughout with There's the a carolers couple, yeah it's good stuff there are a couple a couple great cuts from a scream to something else uh, that's also loud which is a nice uh nice way to go but it's not too violent uh it's creepy yeah, it's not the the end is is wonderful everything that i was kind ending of is good. down maybe a little bit throughout uh I, I thought the end really made up for so it's an uneven experience but i i liked it i i think it's a good to go in the the christmas rotation i think it's still good um i think that it's the kind of movie that if you uh, if you don't like it if, you, if you're not as enthused about it you at least think all right well it is kind of a classic you, you may like it on that level if not your own enjoyment but uh, to me there's way too much to enjoy here um including uh cure delaya's incredible turtleneck and jawline combo throughout and that guy has hair. the jawline of a king you can set your watch to it. It's fucking oh, crazy. Uh, and Margot Kidder just being... What does that mean, set your watch hot. to it? You ever heard that? Johnny Unitas, a haircut you can set your watch to? No, what does that mean? It means it's so sharp, you can set your watch to it. It's precise. Oh, I get it. Yeah, I like that. It's a good, good statement. Yeah. Hey, we learned something new today. Um, thanks, yeah, guys. Good. Check us out. Um, at still good on Instagram, still good show at gmail.com, still good show.com, our website. Please leave us a five star review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever floats your boat. You can say terrible things about us, but as long as you give the show five stars, we are happy. We will see you next week for round two of our Christmas movie month. Thanks a lot for listening. Stay safe. Bye.